Hey, this is Derek and the Make a Fun Island podcast. I'm here with Kevin McNeese, the owner of NewReleaseToday.com, which is Christian and gospel music's biggest website on the internet. Really amazing resource for all kinds of great music, incredible artists that you can check out. Um, and uh, and then you have an award show that you do, Kevin, uh, I think in February. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's done in Memphis, I think, with uh, Visible Music College. So we'll we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. <laughs> but welcome to the show, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Derek. I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is so you and I have been friends for a while now, probably about 10 years or something, I think. Um wow. okay. used to do a fair amount of <laughs> I used yeah. to do a fair amount of business with you. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a long story <laughs> how I'm not doing business with you now. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how you do your business. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um but uh but anyway, what I wanted to really get into with you, um, Kevin, because you're a really savvy marketer and I feel like you have your pulse on a lot of things that probably a lot of people are trying to today. Um, and I want to kind of bring different threads together from uh the tech of different ad platforms and you know, even email marketing, you know, that kind of thing, and then um using kind of uh, I mean applying that to art forms, right? Any kind of content creator, you deal with sure. music. Uh, that's been my experience as well. And then just platform building in general, you know, like how do we do this now when yep. the on main on ramps to the internet are through a YouTube app, a Instagram app and a Facebook app and a Twitter app, maybe. Um, so great. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of America Online days, right? Where you yeah. you get a CD on a cereal box, and this was the only notion that people had of like getting on the internet. Right. And so we're right. back. So what's crazy is we're back to that. <laughs> Remember yeah. those days? Oh yeah, no, I grew yeah. up with AOL <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't it feel like that now? It does. It feels like. Uh, but what's weird is that if you're not a like if you grew up with it, it's almost it's almost like you want to ring people's necks and going, this is not the only entry point. There's so much more to discover right. here, but yeah, yeah. Definitely, it feels like a couple steps backward. Yeah. So why don't we start there? Like, obviously, so you run this really big website. You've got millions of people who come to your website every year, right? New release today.com. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so what are the, what are the sources of traffic for you? Like what, what works in driving traffic for you? All the above. All the above. Okay. <laughs> Meaning it, what? It used, I mean, it used to be, it used to be one or two sources. And now I'm finding that that source has just been chopped about 10 different ways. Mm. And thankfully, because we've, we've got a great team and we're, we've really worked hard on building our brand across all these different lanes yeah. um, we've been able to really capitalize and be strong on all these various platforms um, mm -hmm. so as as kind of the major entry point which would be just going to the site or googling as that mm -hmm. has dipped down um, mm -hmm. our our other entry points have actually exceeded um, mm -hmm. and, and gone up and so I, the reason why I say all the above is because it's literally an all hands on deck everywhere that we can be um, that makes sense. You know, we are, but it's hard because each individual platform, you've got to, you've got to work on creating content specific to that demographic. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, specific to that platform's um, ability. Like, is it image-based, video-based? Is it marketing-based? Is it more just fun and stupid-based? Mm-hmm. Uh, and tailor your content directly to those audiences. So mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest challenge uh, that, we're, that we're facing right now, for sure. Okay. And when you say that Google dropped off, like in terms of a source of traffic for you, why is that? Is it because they have more competitors now? Like, you know, uh, yeah, well, I mean, go when you, have headlines, thing, you know, privacy, pla- you know, privacy search engines, like there's people using different browsers now, like Brave and other things. Sure. I don't know how, how, how much traction those things are getting, but do you think they're uh-huh. eating into Google market share at all? Or is it not really? No, I think when you get um, sixty to when you get headlines that say sixty to seventy-five percent of the younger generations are bypassing Google at large and just right. finding their finding their information through TikTok and Instagram, yeah. which, as a dad, is terrifying. Um, <laughs> right. Then, uh, then you know you're you're uh, you're limited in what and how people are going to find you. We have over a mm. hundred thousand indexed pages on our site. Mm-hmm. with Google. We don't have a mm-hmm. hundred thousand index pages through, through TikTok, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, right. So, so it's just a completely different world and it feels like it changed overnight. It really does again. Um, yeah. And so here comes the eighth pivot that we've had to do <laughs> to kind of stay relevant right. with, uh, with our growing audience. Yeah. Well, let, yeah. And let's touch on that of like, obviously, TikTok, right, has been the quote rising star. Um, I think, you know, there's genuine concerns as people have raised privacy issues about TikTok. So we don't even know if it's that's going to stick around in the US um, for much longer. Um, That's going to be interesting to see. And um, so speak a little bit about, like, you know, the importance of your own website. And how, yep. <laughs> and, and is, is the email list still important these days? Well, it is to us. I mean, you have 170,000 people subscribed to your email. That's still a very important way to market. And, and what I mm-hmm. love about email is we control it. Um, from mm-hmm. the front end, I do understand there's spam blockers and there's lots of systems to get around. That's always been the case. I think yeah. if we're pushing out relevant content, we, you know, I tend to just worry about what I can control. I can't really control yeah. a a third party spam blocker, but email is still an incredibly effective way to not only drive information, but also um, promote our partners. Uh, They Mm -hmm. love it. And also to um, talk directly to our audience. And these are, this is our core audience Mm -hmm. that that we're talking to week in and week out uh, Mm -hmm. where a random, you know, visitor coming to the site through a random Google search will kind of come and go. Uh, yeah. This is our ability to really lock and load with a with a very captive audience and continue that conversation week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really believe in email marketing still. Um, yeah. But it is one tool of many now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and I mentioned the spam blockers because I know that most email clients now, you know, like Outlook and other one, I use some other one, I use one called Spike. And it puts everybody I have not directly emailed myself into an other category. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I probably get 600 emails a day in the other category, which right. I might look like look at like every couple of weeks or something. Um, so I'm sure I'm I'm 
probably a little bit of an outlier in terms of the volume of email I get every day. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I hope so. I hope the average person <laughs> is not getting that much email. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, in terms of other things that are working, like when you mention other things outside of email, like what, what other things are you trying or have tried or yeah. things that texting, you're noticing that are working a, outside of e outside sure. of email? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, texting is definitely a way to, a way to get mm. around that. And texting gets right. a lot of, um, a lot of interaction. The open rates are incredible. You know, yeah. in the seventies to eighties or emails in the teens. Um, yeah. the, the response rate is is great as well, and you can continue mm -hmm. to push people to a website through that, and yeah. so you can still drive traffic. Um, yeah. The the con of text is it is expensive. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of free options out there, so you will pay for it monthly. Um, mm -hmm. But um, you know, you for a hundred bucks a month, you can get a really solid list going with thousands of of people and subscribing to that list. So. Yeah. For us, it has been cost prohibitive just because we're so big. Um, mm -hmm. But for a majority of artists that we work with or smaller brands just starting out, I think it's something that should absolutely be part of the arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, the, great, great point about texting. I mean, because like Gen Z definitely, <laughs> at least in my experience, is not using email. <laughs> nope. Or very much, right? Yeah, like nope. uh, it's maybe to sign up for something or get a free discount on a website or something. Right. But other than that, yeah. communicating with your friends, it's not happening through no. email. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so, yeah, so texting. Is... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No. So I think texting is great platform. And again, like you said, owning that list yourself is, is super mm -hmm. important, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that data, anytime you can own the data and talk directly to the consumer or talk yeah. directly to your audience is huge. Yeah. And email and text are two ways that, that just do that. Um, mm -hmm. For example, like a social media post would be a lot different. Now you're having to rely on a third party to serve that post. And then you're relying on that uh, random person that you don't know. You're just screaming into a wall and hoping someone pays attention to you and they're two seconds of flipping through hundreds mm -hmm. of other messages, just like a completely different type of communication. Whereas a text yeah. and an email is very intentional. It's very personal. It's a one-on-one. -on -one, mm -hmm. You're going straight to the source. And, and I think that's massively more powerful um, than, yeah. than any other marketing tools we have. Right. And have you done any um, kind of like partner marketing on some of the social platforms for any partners of yours or direct marketing yourself of like just paying to boost that post or paying to target, you know, to promote a certain event or, you know, something like that. Have you done much of that on the social platforms? Like using oh, sure. that engines? Yeah. And, uh, you know, budgets of anywhere between we'll, we'll kick 25 bucks, 30 bucks at a post to boost to, mm -hmm. to anywhere from two to $300. I mean, yeah. They'll take as much money as you can throw at them. I mean, you have $2 <laughs> right. million, you're, it's probably still a drop in the bucket. There's just, mm -hmm. the numbers are just so huge. What's interesting though, um, is that it, they've, they've certainly made it a lot harder for faith-based faith marketers to reach an audience. Mm, uh, just okay. recently this year, Facebook, which also owns Instagram, put in a lot of, um, a lot of blocks against religion and religious based posts. So you can't target a Christian art audience anymore. 
Uh, you have to interesting kind of play around it. And they're even they're even they've done two or three rounds since they announced this where they've even taken out the loopholes that people have found. They're purposely How making much, religion yeah. and political posts harder to do. Uh, okay, interesting. So that's there's a couple of interesting currents there because it was just what a couple of years ago or or even just the year before the pandemic, probably 2018 timeframe. Facebook was going hard after faith-based organizations <laughs> to help them because so many faith-based organizations like live stream, you know, on Facebook, say on Sunday mornings or whatever. And so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I'm at a radio, yeah. I'm at a radio station group here locally. And um, what's making it hard is they'll still take your money and you can still say, yeah. hey, listen to right. Christian music or listen to uh, Christian radio or whatever, whatever. They don't block yeah. the words. But yeah. if I want that post to be seen by like Christians in Boise, for example, or, uh-huh. um, or religious, you know, anybody who has a real religious affiliation, I can't, I can no longer do that. And um, you have to be vague and target everybody, which okay. if you're marketing on social, you don't want to do that. You want to be very targeted with your approach. Well, and I'm wondering how much. So the other factor there is I'm wondering how much that came from Apple turning off Facebook's ability to target people on iPhones. Right. Because that happened mm. with one of the iOS updates recently. And then Facebook mm. lost a lot of its targeting targeting ability because Facebook was installing bits, you know, when you put in, you know, when you download inst- the Instagram app or Facebook app, they would sure. put bits on the phone that would, that would, you know, like thumbprint your phone, like based on the number of apps you have, the type of apps you have, the, the exact apps you have, they could uniquely identify like Derek and all the interests that I have. And so uh, Apple essentially took that all away, mm. that device fingerprinting kind of technology. So I'm wondering if, if that was a contributor, do you think, or do you think they're just trying to avoid the polarization and the tribalism kind of thing? Uh, I don't know about the Apple thing. I mean, it would make yeah. sense. Uh, but then on the flip side, you would think that uh, that Facebook would be, or Meta, whatever they're called, calling themselves yeah. now, <laughs> right. um, whatever the flag is flying now. I, I think the <laughs> I think they are. I would think they would be more um, apt to help people target even more um mm-hmm. the few amount of you know with with fewer targeting i see information right um, right so i kind of lean more on that's the culture at large of the tribalism and mm-hmm. you know let's be inclusive to everybody and anything that doesn't now gets thrown out and yeah that whole ideology you're seeing right on the other end of the spectrum i um, see but gotcha. from a marketer it's making it much much harder to find an audience Okay. And then, um, but so let's, let's now talk about targeting, like, or actually from the, uh, consuming side of being a musician or artist or content creator. So what advice would you give (laughs) content creators, musicians in today's world to use these tools? What, what do you think is the right mix right now for, kind of getting your stuff out there. I mean, cause even, I even like, I, I used to tell you like, you know, a few years ago it was 20,000 tracks dropping a day. I heard a latest statistic close to 60,000 music tracks dropping a day now on digital music services. So yeah. what's your advice to artists trying to rise above that noise? 
Well, it's a great it's a great question that requires um, a lot of conversation and work, but I'll try mm -hmm. to sum it up as as best as I can. Um, mm -hmm. Be ready to create content in a lot of different areas. You have to engage your audience with more than your song. You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. artists that would right. be the product, and we are working incredibly yeah. hard on creating the song, and we throw that yeah. song out there, and then we go back to creating incredibly hard to work on the song. And mm -hmm. we're forgetting the fact that the audience really doesn't care about the song as much anymore. Right. Um, especially if you're doing this on your own and you're just kind of going on the grind. The, the audience is not going to attach to your song. Yeah. Uh, they're going to attach to, to you as an individual. Yeah. They're going to attach to your stories, um, your compassion for them and where they're at. They're going to attach to... Um, like to your social media channel, they're going to attach to your words beyond the song. The song is just going to keep them reminding, coming back and being reminded of who you are. Yeah. Um, but really they're not going to attach to it because they have hundreds of other songs like vying for their attention this week. And then next right. Friday, your history. And we've yeah. got another 200 songs coming in right behind you. Right. Um, and so artists do one of one of three things that they uh, they just don't play the game and they just go back and don't engage their audience and write music or they write way too much. And so they feel they have to barf out a new single every one to two weeks. We are seeing yeah. this so much new music yeah. coming out every one to two weeks. That is mm -hmm. content. I'm creating content for my audience. No, you're not. Uh, mm. You're creating noise. And nobody's listening to you. Um, yeah, and then the that, third, and then yeah, the third is that. Sorry, yeah, the third is that um, you create engaging content that supports your music, and so that would be blogs mm -hmm. and videos and merch um, and social media posts and stories that that really engage your audience. Yeah, and Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, he's talked about this of like, you know, it's about storytelling, and I've said this for a long time too of like you know, kind of building on what you're saying as the artist, right? You have certain values and things that you stand for, even just music genre wise, right? If you're heavy metal country or you know whatever your thing is, uh, right? That's, that all plays into some persona. And for you to be able to um, say, hey, this is, you know, be part of my tribe, right? We're part of this together. We're in this together. Let's do life together. Let's and here's a story that I have to tell of what happened to me. And like, um, it's really more about that. Right. And songs are just the part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're really finding this challenge on the site right now as, as we, as we navigate this as well. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I think this applies to any brand mm -hmm. that creates product. Um, yeah. the product is no longer the story. Right. Everything you create around the product is, is the product <laughs> like yeah, everything right. you create around that that thing that you're selling is is the product yeah uh, right and that's that's what you have to share the story and and focus on on telling the story about yeah i feel like there was a it was a couple of years ago i remember seeing um some stuff from nike from their all condition gear line so they used to have or i think they still do the acg line of like shoes and clothing and stuff and they wouldn't really talk about the gear and the footwear. Right. They yeah. were just like, hey, let's go on this adventure and climb this mountain and 
you know, this is, you know, this is this cool waterfall we found or, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. Like they're really doing that. (laughs) You know, they're telling the story and putting the product in the back seat. And it felt really good. Like as a consumer, I was like, wow, this is, this is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we want to see more of that. What do you do do in your life? Do you sit around thinking about what new Nike products you're going to buy? (laughs) <laughs> or do you think about right. what you're going right. to do? Like, I'm going to go hiking. Yeah. I'm going to go, yeah. you know, I'm going to go snowboarding. I'm going to go do things mm-hmm. and I need product to help me. And boom, now this, yeah. now this lives. So that's, that's brand building and artists are no different. Websites are no different. Um, you yeah. have to, you have to, you have to be top of mind as, as your listeners, as your visitors are living their lives. How are they going to yeah. come back and remember you? Yeah. Right. And then that brings me to the next subject, which is income streams for content creators and artists. Um, and we can talk specifically about music artists because, you know, that's certainly dwindling and has been dwindling for music artists for a while. Um, yeah. Streaming has not, I mean, at least from my perspective, I mean, I've been helping some different independent artists here recently. And it doesn't seem like it's gotten a whole lot better. I mean, they they keep saying that like, oh, we're having record years in terms of like, you know, music industry, you know, revenue and stuff. And to me, it looks like it means more of the major labels locking up a lot of that revenue, but it's not really hitting the independents so much. So I get excited personally about NFTs, the future of crypto, um, because now we have a means of taking you know, goods in the digital realm and making them rare, which is really what music was about. Like, Hey, we press this vinyl and, you know, and, uh, we made a run of a thousand or 10,000 or whatever. And that was it. Or, you know, you got this piece of special merch at this show and that was it. it. (laughs) And, and NFTs, I mean, I, I think are just an exciting way to be able to do that. And then the other way is just straight up booking gigs. Like when I look at, any you know music artists today like they're gonna earn 10 to 100 times more money from yeah. their live events than they would ever from streaming revenue yeah is that is that what you're seeing too anything to add to well that? i don't know much about nfts you're the you're the expert there and the guy <laughs> i bought my first nft for my son he's 13 years old and he drew it and i paid him five dollars for it and that's my experience <laughs> <laughs> that's my experience well at least you did it <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah you had the experience yeah, yeah. um Mm-hmm. I'll buy anything for my son for $5. Like, whatever, dude. Yeah, here's And most people will, too, which is another interesting marketing point. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Um, but definitely, uh, yeah, the, the in-person revenue is one of the hardest things for, for younger and newer artists to do, for independent artists mm-hmm. to kind of do, but it is absolutely essential. Um, yeah. One, it puts you in front of people, which you yeah. can't replace that experience at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any time that you can connect that again, this comes back to, to branding. What are we selling? Are we selling your music? Are we selling you and and your, and your passions and and connecting that to the audience's passions? So the merch table is a great place to do that. And I just encourage, I just encourage an artist. Yeah. Have a shirt. That's fine, but do something different. Yeah. Do something really unique and limited. I love the Mm -hmm. limited edition thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Talk about how, Hey, I made a hundred necklaces. And this is all yeah. I got and we'll make a new design when this is gone. And, uh, yeah. and I'm wearing mine and I'd love you to wear it. And when, 
and it says this, you know, and it's connected to the lyric, a lyric of a song. Mm-hmm. And now you've taken that three minute thing that everybody has forgotten about and you've given right. a tangible meaning that connects the listener to you. Um, yeah. And those ideas are, I mean, you can sit there and brainstorm those ideas a hundred different ways all day long because it's, they're just as different as the lyrics and songs. Yeah. Um, so I love I that. I love the in-person concert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I love telling the story of, uh, I worked with a band as, as you know, called circle slide and the lead singer Gabe played the harmonica hmm. and his wife was, you know, often doing the road managing and, after every gig, Gabe would take his harmonicas that would often get blown out, they get out of tune, whatever, and he'd throw them in a coffee can. And suddenly, you know, his coffee can is full of 20, 30 harmonicas. So Debbie, his wife, decides, hey, the next gig, I'm going to put out the coffee can and say, used harmonicas, 20 bucks. <laughs> she sold them out. <laughs> That's kind of creepy, though. Spit. Spit and all. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it wow. was it was the it was the rarity of having one of Gabe's harmonicas. Like that yeah. was a super cool thing, right? Some mad scientist clone has created like twenty Gabe's <laughs> from his harmonica spit. <laughs> but I, I think that's uh, I, I've seen um, I've seen major bands do this too with like the drum uh, the drum covers. Where they'll oh, take yeah. the drum cover off of the concert, they'll sign it. There's only one. It's like a hundred bucks, mm. you know. Um, oh, that, yeah. That's cool. Um, but definitely any kind of product from your show that you can simply replace and create yeah. some interest around. It's also kind of cool to just get people to your table. Uh, yeah. Even if I'm not going to buy it, I'm going to come check it out and look at it. And yeah. See something and there. then, so link to that, just even backing up and stuff of getting the gig to begin with. You know, what what are you seeing in terms of like getting the gig um, for an in, independent artist, right? Because I like to say there's two worlds, right? There's the major label world, which less than one tenth of one percent of people are going to actually attain. And yeah. then there's the indie world, which ninety nine point nine percent of us actually live and exist in. So for that independent world, what do you see or what advice would you give for getting a gig or making the appearance uh, i think the biggest the biggest thing that i'm seeing artists not do is collaborate and network yeah Um, i think they're so used to doing everything on their own they feel like Mm -hmm. they're the only ones they're out on their own island yeah i think if you can spend some time networking with a local radio not because they're going to play you because they will not but because these are organizations that have their tentacles into the community and start mm. start small local. Um, yeah. If you have not exhausted every corner and every possibility and every single person doing events and fairs and farmers markets and yeah. summer worships in the parks and concerts and all the mm-hmm. above, you got plenty of work to do locally. They should yeah. know who you are. They should they should know what kind of music that you play. Uh, you should have offered a 15-minute acoustic lunch for their team where you just sit down and play in front of them and bring them coffee yeah. or whatever. You should mm. be volunteering for their organizations and networking and helping. I'm a huge component of give before you get. Yeah. Um, serve before you're served. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, in, of intentionally showing up for others before they show up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot to unpack there, but, uh, yeah, but that, that's step one. And, and then step two is find other people who are doing that in their communities that are maybe in a three to four hour drive from you. Mm, right. And then partner with them. Yeah. So now instead of you going out on your own, now you got two bands, two artists that are doing mm-hmm. the same thing with the same goals and find another right. one. Now you've got three bands and three artists and then go to some acoustic shows and home shows and, and network. If you're just going to go out and think you're going to book shows on your own and you're going to be singing at churches and, and uh, filling up arenas, <laughs> like mm. good luck. Like, right. <laughs> nobody cares. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, there's there's a saying in politics, you know, you, you can't win the presidency if you don't win your own own home state. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's very true. Like yeah. when you look at politics, it's very true. So it's very, you know, so it applies to music as well. I do think I do think artists are very bitter towards radio and I understand why, because they won't yeah. play. Um, but I think people just, I, I don't think artists use radio to their advantage at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you go in just understanding, look, this is a, this is a mountain I'm not going to conquer the end, yeah. end of story, done deal. They're not, they're not yeah. going to play me if they do yeah. great, but chances are they won't. But what they will do is, I mean, our radio, local radio stations just had three giant summer events with with major mm. label artists and at each yeah. one we had one to two independent local artists open mm-hmm. oh good awesome that's good that's a, yeah that's a step in the right direction yeah but if we don't yeah. know about them i mean when yeah. one was only two hours away and we're all sitting around like scratching our heads going well who do we we don't know anybody and we're we're the ones making cold calls yeah. to worship teams and to artists and yeah um, it just doesn't happen. But, but I think if I'm an artist, I'm going to go to a local radio station. I'm going to go, Hey, how can I serve? How can I serve you in your upcoming events? Even if I'm not yeah. playing, how can I volunteer? Yeah. Can I run your right. merch booth? Can I run the booth? Can I hand out flyers? Can I help you get posters around town? Mm-hmm. And I think that old rule of it's going to come back to you. Uh, yeah. will will apply. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit. So, you know, you and I've had this discussion many, many times <laughs> before this, but let's, let's educate the audience of say why an independent artist doesn't get played on radio. So why, why is that? I know why. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to attack this or do you want me to attack? It? <laughs> uh, because you're an independent artist. <laughs> There's no other, that, that's the answer. They're not going to play you because you're an independent artist. I think, um, whatever the real answer is the truth the truth is independent artists do not get played on radio now there's always exceptions to the rule there's always a mom and pop um there's always the fringe formats maybe you got a local Mm -hmm. rock station or a local hip-hop station where a little more open to independence than maybe an ac station is um but you gotta adult contemporary adult contemporary yeah you you gotta understand both in christian music and mainstream music you're up against the machine. Yeah. And this multi, machine, multi, multi billion dollar publicly traded media conglomerates. Yep. And this yeah. machine is, um, has trained radio to add two to four songs a month, maybe less. Yeah. Four yeah. would be generous. Maybe two to three, yeah. four songs a month. 
And just from the label system, they're getting pitched 15, 20 songs a week. Right. And some, and some high. And so already program directors are leaving dozens of professionally produced with tons of money behind them with an entire radio team behind them on the, on the floor. Yeah. The chances of them picking you up over them. It's just reality, right? Yeah. Well, my song is really good. So let's talk about to like Gen Z and radio. Like, so how important even is radio now? Like, do you feel what, what would you say to a Gen Z artist coming up and making their way? Like, spend time on that at all what, what would you do no who cares yeah you don't that that's why i say there there is there is a reason to spend time at radio it's not to get your single played <laughs> it's to yeah, get a gig right. in your local city um yeah if you spend any money or any energy or any time at radio that's over maybe 500 dollars in a couple hours you're yeah. wasting time and energy yeah and I will tell artists that to their face all day long. Yeah, I just right. believe that to my core. I think it's, yeah, um, yeah. I, there's always someone who's going to disagree with something you say at some point in yeah. time, but uh, I, I feel that's a pretty set in stone. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a video on this probably separately, but here's <laughs> my music industry hack that I think works today. Yeah. And this is, I think what happened with Maverick City. I'm using Maverick City as the template here. So Maverick City is a uh, a church that recorded some a series of videos of them doing their performing their music with a group of people around a piano and a small band. Um, and they put they just recorded that they recorded it well, post produced it well looked great sounded great. But it was just a live performance, right? Just like at their church. Put it on YouTube. People loved the song. Like the song had to be great, right? Like the song, you know, has to mean something. Sure. So I feel like that's great because now we're just judging things on their merit. (laughs) So they got like, you know, through their network and just the merit of the song, like they got 100,000 views on YouTube, right? And so organically that started to grow to like 200,000. <laughs> then it went to 500,000. <laughs> then it went to a million. Hmm. And once it was at a million, all like phone is ringing, <laughs> right? Sure. Maverick city everywhere. <laughs> come to, come play this, come play that, come play yep. this. And um, so I think the magic there was well for them it was great because it was just really a purely organic thing that happened which was amazing to see but i've done some experiments with some artists myself and if you have a good song with a decent music video you can use that music video to be a paid ad on youtube so if you go hey i sound like billy eilish or whatever you can say you can take your music video Go to ads.google.com, target Billie Eilish as the keyword, and then run your music video as an ad targeting Billie Eilish fans. Mm -hmm. So after Billie Eilish song or music video runs, you're going to, your music video is going to start like right after and get shown for 15 seconds before somebody hits skip. But if they don't hit skip, (laughs) you're going to get view time. And that view time then shows up on a graph. And 
if that graph is super steep, like if it goes drops off, then your music video sucks, your song sucks, <laughs> your content yeah. sucks. There's right. no way around it. Yep. But if the graph looks more linear or even just slightly uh, like exponentially dropping off, not a steep exponential, but slight curve, then it means your video has some virality. And so you can use like you can pay like 50 bucks. Well, well, as I even like ten dollars a day, you can spend fifty dollars a day. Do that for a week. See if you can flatten the curve more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And if you are, I've done some calculations. Only takes about seven thousand dollars if you have a decently vira vi viral song to reach a million views, and now you have wow. a public counter that everybody can see. Out, like yep. Instagram can't do this, Facebook can't do this. You can't see the counters on those platforms, but you can on YouTube, and nobody disputes it. And if you can get to a million views, phone's gonna ring. Yep. So that's my that's my music industry hack <laughs> for today. I love yeah. it. And I so, love do you that. think? Yeah. yeah no go ahead do you so do you think like that do you think that would work <laughs> i mean i've i've been seeing it work with a couple of artists but finding an artist who wants to spend seven thousand dollars on their career is a whole nother thing which right. is kind of interesting to me yeah. so that's yeah. the that's the that's the challenge i think um i, I always believe you got to spend money to to make money and yeah the 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 challenge is what I love about what you just explained, Derek, is it's a viable path forward in yeah. a in a massive amount of options that are available to everybody mm -hmm. at any time. Right. Um, and I think whenever we this is just human nature thing, whenever we're faced with a ton of options, the majority of us are gonna shut down and do nothing. And right. or we're gonna test it, you know, throw a couple hundred bucks here and there and go, well, that didn't do mm -hmm. anything. Um, my yeah. life is still the same after spending $200 on an Instagram boost. Um, mm -hmm. you know, why am I still yeah, eating cereal right. for breakfast? And <laughs> there's just no patience in the build. Um, yeah, but, right, but I right. love, I love that plan. And um, it has an end goal too, of, mm -hmm. of viable, like, look at that number. You can see it right there and yeah. do something with that. So. Cool. Yeah. And, and you can do the experiment in, in a very short time, like in a few days or five mm -hmm. days, you can really clearly see that curve happening. So do you, do you think there's any other kind of tips or tricks like that that you know of right now? Like you could tell some new artists to maybe try. See, I work with too many broke artists, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I you mean, still get money NRT, from them, which is great. <laughs> with, with NRT, we yeah. really, um, you know, we really try to start the conversation with, well, what can we do? What can we do with no money? You know, um, yeah. I, a lot of the artists that I work with are, are really starting at the ground, at ground zero of like, we got, mm -hmm. we got a song and that's about it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like create, create the great content, but also do it with little budget. And there's so much you can do. There's so much you can yeah. do. This right. is, you know, what you're talking about is a fantastic idea for that next two phase of like, mm -hmm. okay, hopefully someone doing that, if, if they don't have the basics covered, if they don't have social rocking, if they don't have a website that people can sign up for, um, yeah. a newsletter, if they don't have a text thread, if they don't have all these basics, I hope they're not doing what you just said. Um, because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of money that's going to go nowhere, right? Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. people skip from point A, they just want to get there. Um, yeah. and I understand that, but there's so much work in between. So the, the, mm -hmm. the quick, the short answer to your question is, is no, 
but then I'm yeah. also not in that space as much as you are yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. So I've been trying different things, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause like my career spanned 15 years in big tech and 15 years in the music industry. Yeah. And I've worked with, you know, mainly independent artists, but a lot of the artists I've worked with have gone on to get signed by major labels or they've gotten offers from major labels. Like, <laughs> um, I think my batting average is pretty good there. And, um, and it's interesting. So I'm always on the lookout for like what's kind of happening now. And, um, so anyway, so that's my current hack <laughs> for the music system overall. And I, and I would vouch for what you're saying too, of just good brand building for the artist. um, from, and, and you and I actually, um, a couple years ago, we authored, um, a course that people can take online, christianartist.pro. Mm -hmm. You can go to that website. Um, and it goes through. So if you don't really know, like what steps to take that website, um, will really walk you through the whole thing of how to build your brand, how to just get the basic building blocks in place. And so until you've done that, it's probably not worth spending any money, you know, say on the YouTube ad campaign or whatever. Right. right so, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do know uh, if you look into what Manifest is doing, uh, mm. the, he's a Christian artist and also just a really savvy business guy. He does yeah. a lot in the space of offering merch for nothing and just asking for shipping and then using uh, that data uh, to turn around and push the next thing. And so he'll release, he'll re whenever he releases an album, he'll take his last album and make it for free. Um, yeah. He does do physical copies. He prints very few of them, but you get a physical mm -hmm. copy, you get a t-shirt, you get stickers, you get kind of all this merch and you pay $10 for shipping. But his reason for doing that is not to make money. His reason yeah. for doing that is to collect data so that he can turn around and um, and, and push everything that's new. And he has found, and he takes that model, he takes that funnel, and he, that's what yeah. he promotes. So that's what he puts money mm. into promoting. Um, yeah, but, probably promoting his next appearances, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah having have come to your next festival, you know, whatever. And he's building... He's building his fan base very easily that way. Yes. And it was all based on good, data. Collection. I, I love all, this hack. Yeah. It's all based on data yeah. collection, though. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, owning that data and continuing that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, so we have to make a list of these hacks, Kevin. We got we to. Gotta... <laughs> I call them music industry hacks. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, cool, Kevin. So, well, thanks for being on the podcast today. Uh, there's so much more we can cover. I, man, we're going to have to do this again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have so many conversations. About... Yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say what's fun about talking to you is you inspire me to go do more. And I'm like, I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> not lazy. <laughs> if it's one thing I know about you, Kevin, you are not lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of the most hardest working guys I know. <laughs> so if, if you want help marketing your music project, call Kevin, <laughs> go to newreleasetoday.com, uh, get his help in marketing your music. You will not do, be disappointed. Kevin is a machine. <laughs> and, and honestly, you help, I mean, you help, you know, all the major labels or most of the major labels, 
um, and a lot of the big independent labels and artists and stuff. And so you've definitely been around the block yeah. doing marketing for a very long time. So, yes. yeah. 21 so, years, 20, no, 22 years as of last, as of this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, great. Well, Kevin, well, again, great to have you on the show finally. And we're definitely gonna have to do a part two of this. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and tell, and tell more of the story of how we kind of hooked up as well yeah, and fun. the adventure that I went on <laughs> and what that looked like. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, Kevin. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Take care.